There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. All right, did you get something delivered to you in the last couple of days? Oh, yeah, I forgot to post about that. Yeah, I did get my uh, my very smudgeable, don't put it in denim or, yeah. or leather Apple card. Yeah. got mine too. I'm some nice little activate. Oh, you didn't activate yours yet and, and go try it out? No, I did activate it, but I haven't tried it out. I just got it uh, half an hour ago. Oh, cool, cool. I'm not sure where to put it if I can't put it in my wallet. But what? My titanium card. Your titanium it's going to be like those, uh, you know, professional Magic the Gathering folks where all of their cards have sleeves on them. Yeah. They play with them so much. Mm-hmm. I wasn't kidding when I said you'd need a case for it. Carry, carry it around. Yeah. Yeah. I've uh, I've only got the, you know, the one leather wallet. So I said, you know what? I'll just accept the fact that it'll have a patina on it by the end of the year. Yeah. Yeah. I probably will do the same. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 263 of the More Than Just Code podcast. My name is Tim Mitra, and this week I am in Woodstock, New Brunswick. And I'm joined once again by Jaime Lopez Jr. in Seattle, Washington. How's it going? And we have Mark Rubin on the line from San Jose, California. All righty. So right off the bat, we have some fact check from last week. Um, we have a couple actually, but uh, uh, this one is, I, I mentioned uh, we use uh, hydro lines in our houses in Toronto and or in Ontario. I said I said in Canada, but it, the truth is it's actually, we call them hydro lines in Ontario, where we have hydroelectric generators uh, that create most of our electricity in our main utilities called hydro. So I don't know that the rest of Canada would call their house wiring necessarily uh, hydro hydro lines, right? So do we have an Ask MTJC this week, Jaime? We do. The first one is from uh, Wardrip. It says, in response to the Evil Genius episode, when you were talking about the APR and how everyone got 17.99, I too got approved at 17.99 when signing up, but the wallet app now says 12.99%. Oh, interesting. Oh, no. What does yours, any update on your rates, guys? I did not look. Let me I'm take checking a look. mine now. I don't I actually don't see the yeah. rate anywhere. I have to, it must huh. be in here somewhere, though. Yeah, if, no, if you... Is 
yep, I found it. You tap on the card, it. you get a little. Mine still says seventeen point nine nine. Yeah, really. I guess I'm considered a bad credit risk. Yeah, but you know, like this is you, there's building evidence that normal normal people, not um, not just the Kanye Wests and the you know, <laughs> Taylor Swifts or whatever I said the last time. Um, I, I had somebody. I, I don't think they they gave me permission to state this uh, specifically who they were because they they did it through private means and not through the public internets. Uh, but I can confirm that a, a, another person has reached out to me and said, that, "Hey, like I, I also got this amount." Got seventeen point nine nine. Sorry, the twelve, the twelve nine. Oh, the twelve point nine nine. Oh, really? And I was like, oh, I was like, oh, okay. Then. Wow. And you're you're like a normal person, right? You're not like huh. secretly a celebrity somewhere, right? Like, no, no, fully hmm. normal person. Wow, interesting. Well, that's odd. I guess maybe it depends on what you what you you purchase with it or something like that, right? Does it change over time? Perhaps. <laughs> I was like, maybe I'm buying dodgy things, and they're like, yeah, that seventeen nine nine is correct for this guy. <laughs> Look at him. Right. Yeah. Well, I've only bought food so far, yeah. so I'm only at seventeen point nine nine. My card is orange. Mm, interesting. Well, we we'll have to see. Well, you guys are the, the beta testers for it for the rest of the world obviously right mm. that's the lucky position you guys are in yeah i still need to get around to connecting up a bank account so i can actually pay off the darn thing come september 30th oh really hmm. how would you pay it off when when, it, when you get a debt in there you uh you apparently need to connect up a bank account to do that which is unfortunate because i was sort of hoping that i would be able to use an altogether different <laughs> card which had its own rewards to pay off the apple card yeah, and I, no. they've oh, already got my account set up to pay this for that I'm like what <laughs> It's just as good. It's just as good money. What do you care? You're not the one giving me the rewards. Well, I mean, you are, but not none extra rewards, a double dip. Yeah, but the vendor, the vendor has to pay for the vendor who's handling the purchase with the reward card has to pay a premium percentage for that reward, right? Did you not know that? Like two percent or whatever goes to the they have to pay out to carry the rewards. I've gone to a lot of vendors who just hate rewards cards because the rate on them is is much different, right? For the vendor, the person who's taking your money. Sure, that that, that definitely makes sense. Yeah, well, I mean, how else are they going to give you the reward? They're not giving you free money. Trust me. Oh no, it's definitely coming out somewhere for sure. So a colleague of mine wrote an article on LinkedIn. Um, another worker, somebody else at TD, and I was reading through it, and uh, he was saying that uh, the the cashback goes into the Apple Cash system. Is that right? That's right. Uh, you yeah, get so a, you, you get a little note every every day or so. Uh, oh, really? It, it will depend on how how quickly the the thing that you charge clears. So some vendors mm-hmm. clear like immediately, and some put like a little hold for like a day or two. Um, but I've got. $12.36 sitting right now in my Apple Cash. Really? Wow. Yeah, yeah. So what can you do with that Apple Cash? Can you can you deposit that in the bank or can you pay it back on your card? That's a good question. I never actually did connect a bank account to my Apple Cash card. So yeah, you can. I have an option for sending it back to my bank. Yeah. Yep. Let me see. There was another, um, there was another, uh, he was talking about, the article he talked about was a, about a vendor, another another a competitor to Apple, oh, Monzo. You guys know anything about Monzo card? Mm-hmm. It's a similar, and and apparently this whole idea of, of these virtual uh, credit systems that just, you know, are instant instantly created is not a new idea, according to him in this article. But he was saying that uh, the question is whether the Apple card would be a Monzo killer is the name of his article in LinkedIn. So I don't know if you guys have any input on Monzo. Any thoughts? I don't on know uh, about uh, Monzo, but it sounds like Venmo. It's, uh, it's, it's actually kind of a lot like, it, you know, having been at Simple and stuff, like it is a very similar sort of setup. They're one of the Neo banks or Challenger banks. Um, I don't recall if Monzo 
also has a uh, an actual banking license, and and granted that might mean a different thing in the UK where they're based out of, yeah. rather than the oh, United States. Okay. Um, but Monzo, Starling, uh, I guess you can count N26 now, Revolut, and a whole bunch of these smaller fintechy startup banks are coming out there, and they do some some cool stuff. And the Apple the Apple Card is really kind of cool for how it shows you you know your transactions and all these other things. So it's it's definitely nicer than what a normal bank would give you, but I think not quite the same kind of cool tools you would get out of something like a simple or an N26. But it's still early days. It's still only in one market and it's their first time doing this sort of thing. So, you know, give it give it some time and we'll I'm sure we'll see it rapidly uh, rapidly grow. Right. And the colleague that I was mentioning his name is Milos Dunjek is uh, his name. So I'll have a link in the show notes for that article for people driving at home. Um, so any other experiences about the Apple Card while we're still on the subject? Comes in a nice package. It's a little... <laughs> oh, did you get your your uh, titanium card? Yeah, yeah, it just came to... Oh, you were off uh, for a second when I was telling Tommy about it. But yeah, mine came today. In fact, just about 10 minutes before the show started, it came. And uh, it's got... You know, it's it's exactly what you expect from Apple. It's, it's a white little thing. It looks... It's, it's a cardboard package. Uh, so it's not as big and bulky as as the ones the hardware comes in, but it it uh, has a little Apple logo on the front and flips up, and there's your card sitting inside. And the interesting thing is, uh, it says right on it, it says or, or on the package, it says activate your card, open wallet, and follow wallet app, and and follow instructions. Now I didn't do that, but I got a push notification from Apple about five minutes later saying, "Hey, your your card arrived. Uh, you should activate it now. Tap here." Uh. So now you know I'm I'm wondering how they knew now did they did they find out from the the ups uh thing that that it got delivered or are they you know because the, the card was near my phone did they detect it with the nfr uh, nfc rather mm, nfc maybe maybe i wonder yeah, yeah I, I i'd hate to say I, I hate to you know think that apple's magic and all that kind of stuff although i do think they are but um i, I get like amazon notices like that all the time and and uh ups and fedex i've had a bunch of things delivered in the last couple of weeks where i've asked them to uh to give me a, a text message notification kind of thing, right? So I'm, I'm assuming that Apple must know when when the, the it's been signed for, as it were, right? Yeah, or dropped off. Yeah, uh, like Amazon actually takes a picture of the box on my front front stoop when they leave. Yeah, it, UPS right? does that too. Yeah, yeah, just to prove it was there, and you can they can prove it was there before the what do you call them the porch pirates, right? Show up, right. <laughs> um, yeah. Cool. Yeah, I guess I guess we'll have to get Apple Cash and all other kind of stuff uh, around the world before we get we we'll get to see these fabulous cars. You try rubbing up against some leather just to see what happens if sparks fly or I've not tried that yet <laughs> or, or rub it against your jeans maybe I actually haven't taken it out of the package yet <laughs> let me see I, I actually have used mine because I got mine a day or two ago let me see I keep it in my wallet one sec let me pull this out does it have a, like a magnetic strip or is it just a chip card it's chip is there a signature spot uh, on the I back think there's a, I think there's a magnetic strip on the, on oh. the back there's oh, like I said I haven't taken like it like out it. of the package yeah okay I'm doing that now alright yeah because oh, you need to swipe it nice. some places I'm sure uh, I don't notice any staining yet Yet, but maybe it's so subtle that I wouldn't see it in the lighting that I'm in right now. Yeah, but maybe yes, it was a preemptive sending message they sent out to people. Well, I, I just I told Mark that like I'm not going to buy a, a sleeve or a case. A or a prophylactic of some sort for this. So yeah. I've just accepted that there will be a nice patina, a leather colored patina on mine eventually. You don't, you don't think Apple's going to make some, you know, I, uh, Apple card socks for them? I think they are going to. 
Yeah, I don't think it's going to be called a sock. There will be. Yeah, well, that's what they called the iPod ones, right? Did they? Yeah, I forget. Yeah, they had those colored socks, remember, for a while when the iPods were getting all scratched Mm. up. Yeah, and that was the big big third world problem for people. Oh, no, I got a scratch on my iPod. All right, let's move on to our friends over at Google with some follow-up. Yeah, this is um, news that came out when, uh, I guess it was end of last week, so just after we recorded that uh, the official name has come out for the new version of Android. Um, Android 10 is the official name for Android Q. So oh, if you're really? very confused, if you don't know, for a very long time, Apple has, sorry, Google has used dessert names for its um, its Android stuff. So it's usually come out with like, oh, this is, you know, M when it first gets released as a beta. And then the finalized release gets the actual name, which was Marshmallow. Uh, and then the most recent one was Pi for, for P. And now they're going with just 10. And so they're claiming like, well, this is for, you know, more international uh, acceptability. And, you know, these desserts don't always translate really well into other languages like how interesting that you waited until the damn near impossible queue to decide yeah. to become very interested in this international acceptance for your naming but uh, i don't believe that's the reason yeah so i propose that we call it exclusively the android x yes <laughs> and if it catches on we're yeah. taking credit for it we started it right now yeah, right bump. here yeah <laughs> it is android x yeah okay android x sure works for um, me yep th- this article from the verge that we'll have uh, in the show notes for those of you driving at home has a really good what is it the second paragraph that just goes all in with the alliteration on the letter q for every oh, every sentence and it reminded me a lot and this is something we'll also have in the show notes is um the v the very famous v for vendetta quote that goes all in on the letter v uh when uh, evie hammond meets the eponymous v uh vigilante man i did not intend to use like <laughs> What's a better word than, than vigilante? I can't think of one that doesn't come with V, so it's a tough one. Hmm. It's a tongue twister. If you try reading that out loud, it's it's tough. After a quarter of quiet, the quintessence of Android brand has quickly changed without oral, resolving a quandary of quitting the quinsotic quest to pull a Q dessert out of the quiver. That's just the first sentence. <laughs> right, right. And for those who haven't seen the movie, it's uh, voila, in view, a humble vaudevillian veteran cast vicariously as both a victim and villain by the vicissitudes of fate. This vision's no mere veneer vanity is a vestige of Vox Populi, now vacant, vanished, and it goes well on beyond that. I'm not going to do the entire thing. But Vichy is one that I had to look up how to pronounce. So it was a little hard to tell from the the audio on the the clip I saw from YouTube. Yes, it's a French soup, but it's made cold. But if you watched Archie Bunker back in the day, you know that, or All in the Family, right? Okay, so what else is going on here with the iPhone and jailbreaking, it looks like? Yeah, um, it's sort of a weird little uh, quirk, I guess, if you've upgraded to the latest 1241, I believe this is no longer the case. But for a very short period of time, Apple had accidentally unpatched a jailbreak patch and oh, in 12.4. Wow. So I highly recommend that folks update to the latest and greatest. You don't want to have people abusing the jailbreaking to install spyware on your uh, on your machine there. I mean, I guess if you're jailbreaking of your own volition, you know, all warnings be towards you. But um, I think ideally you should go to 12.4.1. I, I updated to mine yesterday uh, to 12.4.1 wow. on my stuff. My As usual, sacrifice my, my iPad to the upgrade gods to see what it does as a guinea pig and then if that looks good, go with my iPhone. Of course, running um, iCloud backups 
kind of unnecessarily, but just to make me feel better. Yeah. Well, hopefully get those malicious uh, viruses backed up on iCloud as well, right? It's the only way to make sure they'll be resilient, <laughs> proliferate. <laughs> and, and how else are you going to infect all of iCloud, right? The whole backend server. Exactly. Take the whole thing down. So, did you guys hear the, the, the other scuttlebutt? I think it's, uh, what is it, where you're 13? We'll talk about 13.1 in a minute, but maybe. Um, but uh, I think it's Xcode Beta 7. Uh, when when you install it, it still says Xcode Beta 6, although the build number is correct. Oh, is did that you right? See that? No. Yeah, I the build number is the correct build for, like, you know, if you look at the release notes, it says it's, you know, Xcode, Xcode 7 or Beta 7 with this build number, blah, blah, blah. And the, but the, the, when you install it on your machine, it still says Xcode 6, but the build number is correct, though. Just, I guess they just forgot to, to update the, the, uh, the label, right? So, surprise, surprise. A, it again. a mad dash this summer, it seems. I'm sure we'll end up talking about that later in the So in the have show. we got anywhere we're going to talk about uh, 13.1? Uh, Did you guys see that yesterday uh, iOS 13.1 came out and iPad? Yeah, OS even though iOS 13 hasn't officially come out, the 13.1 beta exactly. has well, come out. So officially, officially iOS 13 is obsolete now, right? Of course, right? Well, the beta, at least. <laughs> yeah, the beta, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. In the nomenclature. So do you think, well, do you think they'll revert back to 13.0? They can't now, right? When it goes to the live on the street? Oh, I think the rumor that I'd heard was that they had decided what was going to truly be in 13.0 because they have to stabilize this somewhere, right? So all of those phones that are manufactured get updated to whatever it is they've decided is the minimum sort of build for iOS oh, 13. Okay. Probably removing some of the more problematic things just to stabilize. If I, I Pretend a feature like um, I don't know, sidecar, right? Let's pretend sidecar uh, being an iPad OS one somehow messes up something in iOS 13 for for all iOS devices. They might remove that out of the 13 build, get it out there, make sure the phones are out there, and then do a fast follow with 13.1 to add functionality that they talked about at WWDC. Oh, okay. And hmm. in, in a sense, it's not that different from actually the last several years where even if they talked about stuff at WWDC, we didn't necessarily get it in the .0 release come September. They sort of spaced them out to the .1, the .2, the .3, and I think maybe the .4. I'd have to look back at the notes. And so it kind of becomes like WWDC is kind of a here's the preview for this year sort of promise and less so here's what's coming in september wow yeah there's been there's been a few things i don't know if i told you about uh about my challenge last week mixing the podcast look this is another sidebar conversation about apple's you know ability to do things or not um so of course as you know i've got ios 13 or sorry i've got mac os 13 is that right no what are we on uh catalina. 15, no, no, right? 15 catalina i've got mac os catalina let's call it that um but actually before i was going to go maybe, maybe they're going to come out with the uh, um ios q instead of 13 maybe no <laughs> just start <laughs> maybe they should just start using desserts now instead of yeah uh, maybe instead of deserts good, yeah. like the mojave sure, they could start right over with uh with the letter a um but uh so so when i went to when i went to mix the show this weekend uh i, I brought my little travel mac with me because it fits on the airplane better and i went to open up the the app or open up the my mac on the plane and i realized oh i hadn't installed logic pro on here yet right and so i got uh I, so when i landed i went and found a wireless network wireless network and I installed Logic Pro on the machine. And then I found out that Logic Pro is not compatible with iOS Catalina or Mac OS Catalina. 
China. So I can't even run Logic Pro, a product from Apple, on Apple's own software. It's like like it's on their own their own thing. As we know, they're not the same group of people that write the the, the OS and the and the applications. But it's comical that Logic Pro doesn't run. So I, in order to get the show out last week, I had to I had to use that trick I talked about last week by creating an APFS volume, and then I had to download Mojave installer install a, part- a Mojave partition and put Logic Pro over there and move the files for the show over to that just to do the, the editing. Right? Well, so, that is beta yeah. software. I mean, you're always taking that risk. It is true. Yes, that is true. But yeah, it was a surprise. I mean, there's like uh, I looked on the support forums and there's a whole you know bunch of people who are just you know pulling out their hair because they can't do their their day job with uh, with this. You know, for us, podcasting is a hobby, right? So it's not like end of the world if I can't get it edited, right? Anyway, um, yeah. So I guess uh, we'll move on from the jailbreaking on to the next thing. Oh, so this is me. Uh, this is a follow-up item on Apple TV Plus. Uh, so a show called Dickinson, which I think is, is based on Emily Dickinson, is uh, is premiering at the Tribeca TV Festival in Sept- on September 14th, ahead of the um, Apple TV Plus service coming up. So I obviously, I think there's a couple of reasons why, obviously, they want to get this uh, these shows out in front of the reviewers. It's not uncommon to have shows, you know, shown before they actually are published to the, to the public for, you know, review purposes, but also, I guess, uh, test out the quality of the shows and get, you know, some reaction from people. And obviously, they want to enter them in into the various film festivals around uh, the, the globe uh, in order to win win accolades, right? So it's interesting that that uh, this film is coming out. I don't know if the article says anything other than what I just said. I saw the the trailer, and it mm. looks like it's the anachronistic style of storytelling. So period, period, piece roughly but it seems more a little bit loose a little bit fast and loose kind of like um okay i mean this is a more ridiculous example but if you remember that movie is it abraham lincoln versus the vampires or versus the werewolves i forget what oh, it was yes. oh, yeah, 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 yeah. roughly or, or, roughly kind of sort of biographical and then just goes well off into we just made stuff up here yeah like sense and sense and sensibility and zombies or something like that sense and sensibility and sea monsters that's right or pride and oh, prejudice and zombies oh, okay. right yeah, yeah something like that we'll, we'll we'll fact check that one for next week yeah and i i i know uh some certain uh fruit enthusiast folks their heads must have exploded when you said uh charles dickinson as opposed to charles oh, dickens well, for edit that out. A, edit a christmas that out. carol and uh yeah. oliver twist the non-magician david copperfield but sometimes you'll hear yeah sometimes you'll hear uh dickinsonian which is why uh you know when they talk about this the style of writing or style of work right so dickinson yeah. mm-hmm. dickinsonian yeah, right. as in relating to emily dickinson as opposed to no, Dickensian, related to, um, Dickens. which is related to Charles Dick- Dickens. Dickensian's one. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Dickensian, sorry. Different yeah. spelling. Again, again. Yeah. lots of heads exploding on this episode. <laughs> sorry, folks. <laughs> Yeah. Hey Siri, when is the next movie on? Oh crap! Now here goes my watch. <laughs> so goes everybody else's. <laughs> here are three movies playing at theaters, but they're a bit far from you. I don't have information on movie popularity, though. Thanks, Siri. You're that far out there that it's like, yo, I don't know if you should go to these places. Well, you know what? It's actually, the, the the three movies that's listed are just on the other side of town. Like it's like a five minute drive from here. So I don't know why she said there's no. Movie. I went and saw Good Boys yesterday. By the way, the, the trailer was really good. Movie not so much. Mm. All right. Oh, save, interesting. Save your See, money, folks. <laughs> Far be it for me to go well off into the more than just code weeds, but weeds, yeah. my um, my cousin yeah. said he he'd laughed at it harder than he'd laughed at anything in years. Really? Wow. Yeah, okay. So, it was it was funny, but the trailer was the the red trailer, you know, the the restricted one was way better than the actual movie itself. Hmm. 
it kind it kind of yeah it was it it I mean you know it's it's a coming of age story I guess it's kind of interesting but yeah and there were some funny bits in it but yeah I don't, I don't know if it uh, how old how old is your cousin, about your cousin. I mean? <laughs> he, he's my age so I'm kind of uh, wondering if I need to see this myself since I'm not going to proclaim it to be a great movie or even a good movie but my cousin yeah. and I tend to have very similar tastes so I will probably personally like this movie even if I can't really? endorse it necessarily for everybody else well it's a bowl of popcorn movie for sure um the uh, my my review of it is if I was on an airplane and I started watching this movie I would change to another movie <laughs> <laughs> not even not even for free while you're stuck in a, a metal tube at you know no. 35,000 feet I think if I, if I was in hospital and I was in traction and I couldn't re- reach the remote I would watch this movie it wasn't I mean it wasn't horrible but it wasn't it the, the trailer it didn't live up to the to the to the trailer the trailer was had that WTF factor going for it right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. when I first saw the trailer like we saw the trailer we weren't expecting it and we're like what the hell is this and all of a sudden it's just like the doors blew off right no. the trailer is really good as I said before alrighty um, oh again me again me with the with the link this one is uh, just a follow up on the Apple Watch and the EKG feature uh, apparently it did in fact save a woman's life because um, she had some some heart troubles going into uh, purchasing a watch her husband heard about the EKG feature and got her one of the watches and it turned out that she does have that a fibular was it atribular fibrillation is that right I think it's uh, atrial fibrillation but I have to look atrial it up. fibrillation yeah she had she actually had that and it turned out that uh, yeah when she went back in she you know it ran a couple of times she found out that this was the case and then she went in and apparently they're claiming the watch saved her life so good on the Apple folk for doing that yeah I kind of wonder if they'll have any any sort of new sensor new health sensor for the presumed Apple Watch 5 already um, so you got something here uh, about Apple apologizing for something once for once yeah I, I put this in the follow-up because I wasn't sure I, I could have sworn we'd actually talked about this but uh, similar to the brouhaha that happened with every voice assistant out there that it turns out that whoops every one of these records you know uh, both intentional and unintentional voice recordings everybody in industry with a caveat that i'm going to bring up here everybody in industries that's well apple google uh, microsoft facebook amazon they all have uh, teams of contractors so non-employees that review these basically for quality assurance purposes however people got very sort of understandably upset that this was you know in general people didn't opt in to these things it was uh, and there may not have even necessarily been a way to opt out on on all of them i'd have to double check and in apple's case in particular i think sort of rightfully so they got more um more heat and punishment for it because they're pretty much the only one who are actively promoting the privacy and um, what does the billboard say what's on your iphone stays on your iphone uh which was demonstrably not true in this situation so they uh they paused the grading system for a bit and now they've come out and said all right so here are the the things we're going to do in a future update it's going to be uh opt-in to help siri improve uh they're not going to retain the audio recordings um anymore they're going to use uh computer generated transcripts to help Siri improve and only Apple employees will be allowed to listen to audio samples. So they are not going to be using uh, contractors. I think in Apple's case, these were like, I don't know if this article says, uh, another article I'd read said it was like 300 contractors over in Ireland. So they're without a contract job at the moment, I assume. And that's unfortunate, but it, it, it does kind of make sense that you would, if you were going to do this sort of thing at all, you would want to have it be with um, your own people and not, uh, it, it seems very crass to say, but not mercenaries that contractors you know tend to be right the loyalty is is a little bit different and and there were people who uh blew the whistle on this who who showed uh various news outlets like hey here's the sort of thing that i can i can listen to and here's the sorts of things that i see on a daily basis and obviously they're not supposed to do that for the 
hugely breaking an NDA of some sort, I would assume. Yes. In addition course. to yeah, people's yeah. privacy. So I wonder if I wonder if there's, there's going to be a bunch of job openings for busybodies at Apple, right? I. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know because like, like I know that they're probably you know the the, the most salacious stuff in the article is like oh like sometimes it's like you know people having sex or people oh, committing well, yeah. crimes of some sort like drug deals and like I'm going to assume that's a very small uh, segment of what what comes up there right but as they state here uh, each of those contractors would be listening to up to a thousand recordings a day and I'm sure most of those are intentional like hey Siri please you know tell me the nearest coffee shop or something. But then there are other times where it just sort of triggers in the background sometimes because it hears something on the TV which could be a command or something that somebody slurred that it decided was close enough to a command to trigger. And now you've got this recording in the background there and I think very soon you know, they won't they won't have that and you'll be able to, to opt out. Or I should say you will uh, be able to opt in because it will be opted out by default. Yeah, did we talk, I don't know if we talked about it uh, about six months ago about Facebook had an issue where uh, it was a contracting company company that was being paid to, to review uh, content on their on their site yep. um, and and there were like people committing suicide things like that that these people were had to watch and decide whether or not it was suitable for Facebook and without any sort of support or you know for their mental health after watching these things did, you, did we talk about that yeah yeah and, and like the worst yeah. things right like murders suicides yeah. uh, child pornography you know that that sort of thing yeah that's I think when you when you had the link it was like some contracting firm in like phoenix arizona i want to say sounds real familiar all right uh yeah so let's move on to uh the main main features of the podcast today what do you got for us jaime yeah this one is one that i will i will start and then sort of wink and you know nod my head towards mark's direction to see <laughs> what does this all really mean because i read words and the big words are global foundries has filed lawsuits against uh tsmc that's the taiwan semiconductor manufacturing company in the united states and germany over uh, alleged infringement of some patents this would have huge ramifications which include apple uh, amd nvidia mediatek and many others and this article from uh, what is this tom's hardware has a whole list of patents that they're english words but they don't mean anything to my <laughs> my untaught eyes like semiconductor yeah okay yeah it, it sounds like oh i'm i'm guess is the secret sauce that goes into doing semiconductor things but i can't speak intelligently to those so i'm i leave it to you mark uh so i don't think this is that big of a deal uh i mean certainly you know tsmc is is the top foundry in the world and, and global foundries is probably the number three possibly the number two I, i'm not sure uh probably number three uh and i think this is just standard business i mean they do this every once in a while part of the reason that and we've talked about this before i think uh part of the, a big part of the reason why companies have large patent portfolios uh, is not so much that they can go after another company like like is happening here, but more so as protection against against uh, someone coming after them. Uh, so it's kind of a game of bounty hunters, yeah. yeah. Well, or other companies, right? If so, so T what's probably going to happen here is TSMC will say, okay, yeah, you know, uh, yes, we acknowledge that we unintentionally violated some of your patents, um, but you know what? Look at all these patents we have, Global Foundries, uh, and look how you're violating all of these too. And then they'll say, oh, well, hmm, okay. And then they'll come to some kind of a deal, and and uh, you know whoever was more blatant will end up paying the other guy some money or something like that, and, and it'll all go away. Uh, they're certainly not going to prevent Apple 
from shipping parts, shipping products. Right. That's just, it, it'll just never get that far because it would be crazy for Global Foundries to do that because if, if Global Foundries ever caused Apple to have that kind of a loss, their business would suffer greatly because they, well, they'd never do any business with Apple ever. And other companies that would be afraid of, of uh, the same kind of thing happening to them will probably never do business with Global Foundries either. So, so it's, it's not, it's a, th- it's all a threat in my opinion. It's all a threat to uh, just uh, try to get some kind of leverage or something, but it, it will not come down to anything real happening in terms of that stuff. Uh, now you were asking about how many you were asking about the technical content of the patents. Is that right? Because some of them sound rather uh, like, wow, that just seems like a thing that would just already exist. Like uh, semiconductor device with transistor local interconnects. Well, that just sounds like y- yes. something that would just normally be there. Yes. In fact, every, that, that is such a generic term that it means nothing. Uh, so every semiconductor has transistor local interconnects. So what, but the, the weird thing about patents is they're always written by lawyers, right? Who don't, who don't know anything about technology. So they always write some very generic, broad topic because they're also trying to cover as much as they possibly can. Uh, and, you know, because if, if the more that the patent covers, the more is protected and the more and the better the patent is. So, so the vaguer they make it, the more it will potentially cover. So they kind of at this point, you know, if somebody if somebody were going to cover transistor local or, or patent transistor local interconnects, they would have had to have done it about 50 years ago. And probably someone did. Uh, but there's probably been a thousand patents since then on some tiny little tweak on on, a, on local interconnects. And that's what these patents are. Because, I mean, if you look at it, there's two, the first two in the list or the second and third in the list have exactly the same title, right? right and, yeah. and it's very similar mm-hmm. people. So it's, it's uh, probably very, a very, very small tweak uh, on some of the things. I'm, I'm wondering if I know any of these people. I'm looking at the names. No, I don't know the names offhand. But um, mm-hmm. so introduction of metal impurity to change work function of conduct- conductive electrodes. Well, you know, everybody does that <laughs> in some sort. So, yeah. So it's, uh, but, but the details of the one particular thing they're talking about is, is what they're patenting. It's not, it's not the very broad topic. They can't, they can't protect a very broad topic. Yeah. I was kind of wondering about that because one of these is uh, bits, the very first one, bit cell with double patterned male metal layer structures. And I thought, right. well, what if it was triple or quadruple or it, granted, I say this without an understanding what the pattern is. I assume it has to do with the um, like PCB layouts or something, or maybe circuit um, layouts, but it's, it's unclear. To me. No, what, what it means is they're patenting a particular bit cell with double patterned metal layer structures, which is different than all the other bit cells with double patterned metal, metal layer structures. But this is just the way that the lawyers phrase the title. Kind of silly. Right. So you can't lay claim to uh, bit cell with uh, in patterned metal layer structures to cover everybody going forward? Well, they try regardless to. Regardless of how many patterns? But, I mean, they try to do stuff like that. But and like I said, they try to make it as, as vague and as broad as possible. So you think this is ending up going to end up being like um, the Apple and Qualcomm fight of not too long ago? Oh, it'll it'll be less than that, I think. Much, much less than that. Not a showstopper. Nope. All right. Nope. It's normal, normal cost of business, it sounds like. Yeah. All right. Well, that clears the way for the new Apple phone, iPhone 11 Pro, which apparently is a, a name that I hadn't heard until today. I was watching Vector earlier. So this is a link to uh, uh, Vector's uh, review. Uh, Rennie Ritchie says, everyone is wrong about the iPhone 11 Pro. Um, and he, he breaks it down into a couple of things. He talks about, he breaks this, the story down into two sections. One is actually about the phone hardware, and the second is about the marketing for the market. Um, and in the first part, he, it's interesting. It's a couple of interesting things he talks about is that, that um, iPhone 
iPhone ha- or the, uh, Apple has sort of done uh, built phones in f- sort of four-year cycles. You know, the original iPhone all the way up to the 3G, 3GS was one style of phone. And then the, the four or five uh, phones, the 4S and the 5S, that was another four-year cycle where the, the style of phone and construction or hardware and features was very similar. Then the iPhone 6, and which included the 7s and the 8 and their, and their Plus variants, um, they became another style. That was another four-year cycle. And then then last year was, or two years ago, was all about the iPhone 10. Mm. And um, so we're still we're still in that. If you if you use that theory, we're still in the and we're at the end of the four-year cycle. Or is it close four, to it, right? four-year so or three-year? Four-year, because because yeah. if you, just from what you just said, so if you took the first iPhone, then there was the 3G and the 3GS. Well, the 3G, 3GS. That, that was yeah. three years, right? Then there okay. was the four, the five, and the 5S. Yeah, but, you'll have to watch his video. He, he I do remember specifically he said four-year cycle. Okay, because um, anyway, remember after the 5S, so it's the, the six, the seven, and the eight. Well, it kind of kind of groups them together. It yeah. kind of groups the phones together in terms of the style okay. of, the, of the phone yeah. and the chipset and that kind of mm-hmm, stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, and uh, when he gets into the marketing part, he talks about how Apple kind of made a mistake on the on the pricing of things. Mm-hmm. But but it's interesting because he talks about the uh, the the four the sort of the three camera phone that's coming out and and the, the supposed way that it's you know it's going to be in a triangle uh, formula, formation um, and how it's going to add more uh, to the to their capabilities in terms of doing turning uh, taking photos and that other companies like uh, um, I think it was uh, Samsung and uh, because it an N I think Nokia I can't remember the name of it Nokia no, Nokia yeah, yeah. Uh, no somebody else that has a, an Android style phone that uh, oh. manufacturer begins with an N but uh, and how they're they're putting their in in uh, single lines. Oh, there's one. There's one where, where it's almost like a like a daisy, like a, a circular. I think that might have been Nokia with a circular uh, array of, of cameras, right? So um, and sort sort of defending that the, the position of that, but and also about his idea that that and I don't know if it's his idea, but all the rumors. I hadn't heard this one before about the fact that it's going to have the pro nomenclature because you know we've got the uh, you know the MacBook, the MacBook Air, and the Mac. Pro. Then we've got the iPad, the iPad Air, and now the iPad Pro, right? Um, so that's where he's uh, not he, but that's where the theory of the of the Pro name is coming from. So, so what's a, what's a Pro user of a phone? Is that like an Instagram influencer or something like that? Or, or well, yeah, I mean, it, it, it could, yeah, it could it could be something to do. With, well, it could be something to do with with the with the this fashion, fancy camera, right? Because it's more about shooting and that kind of yeah. stuff, and it could be more creative stuff happening on the phones. Who knows? But I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm just I'm just reporting back. Yeah. Um, but the other thing is that so when he talked about the market, he talked about how you know last year Apple made a mistake because they've always sort of done. We talked about this before the small, medium, and large sort of popcorn theory where they have uh, like let's take the you know the iPhones uh, six and seven, six S and sevens and seven plus. They had you know they had the, the the standard phone which would be like the six, and then they had the six S you know the extra uh, phone, but then they also had a, a lower price model right um, because they were carrying forward the, the last year iteration of the phone um and not not counting the uh the um what's the one that's uh the small phone that they discontinued last the SE? year the S something SE? SE yeah that's it yeah um so he said that last year they, they they kind of flubbed when they because the standard phone they didn't make the they always make the standard phone and then they make a little bit everything a little bit better in the, the more exclusive one but last year they made the iPhone XS uh, the sort of standard at a thousand dollars right and that kind of pushed the market up and then if you wanted to compromise you could 
go down to the iPhone NR. So in the in the previous iterations, um, the most popular phone was was the phone in the middle, and people didn't feel like they were compromising and going to a cheaper, a less expensive phone, or if they were, they felt like they were getting more if they went to the the, the larger size phone, right? Um, they were getting like in the case of seven, uh, the seven series, they were getting a better camera in the seven plus, right? Um, but last year, and it turned out that uh, it kind of backfired on Apple because you know the market being saturated and everything like that, people actually chose to go with the iPhone XR, like it became the most popular phone, right? Um, even though it was, you know, technically looks the same, but it's got like, you know, it's got the it's got the LED screen as opposed to OLED screen, um, doesn't have the fancy camera f- uh, features. It has some of them, right? I think it shares chipsets like the the, the A13, A12 chip, I believe, mm-hmm. right? The neural processor chips. Um, and yeah, I'm just, I'm just, I literally watched the movie like a, an hour before I started recording. So that's that's kind of what I picked up from from his piece. It's a really interesting piece on, on why he thinks that, you know, everybody's going to come out and they're going to, they're going to, they're going to dump on the new phone saying it's not worth upgrading from the iPhone 10s and and maybe it's not but uh you know because it would have been if if the iPhone 10r was or the style of phone that the 10r is was the standard phone and everything else would like a premium um right but what about all those people who last year said it wasn't worth upgrading from the 10 to the to the 10s or the 10r and, and yeah, all those exactly. people had well, their phone the for two years so now it's time to upgrade to the 10s or the 11 possibly to the 11 pro yeah yeah, yeah 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 well that's what I mean like like they they felt that they were compromising by going to the 10R, which even which even though it's still technically in some cases a better phone, right? So um, yeah, he was sort of saying that people want people want. He had a way of saying it, which is interesting. Um, but it's kind of like you know you were getting you, they want to get more they want to get more for more, not less for less. I mean, I guess I, I, I can't can't repeat what he said, but it, he had an interesting way of saying it. I think for you me, the video. it's it's about positioning, right? So you would want a a positive thing of like this is the primary thing, and you can get better right the, yeah. the the more expensive thing is better instead last year it was sort of positioned as this is the thing you should get and this is the thing that's worse mm-hmm. <laughs> if you're broke and don't have money you can get this thing that's worse and it's it, i think it's really just a which angle are you positioning it from and i think they seem to have positioned the iphone 10r as an in inferior choice rather than mm-hmm. this is the basic choice but the better choice is the 10s or the 10s max and i think it, as silly as like a pro name sounds like it, it, it totally works for like MacBook, right? You have Air and Pro or, you know, regular MacBook and Pro. And you, you can kind of say, yeah, you know, my needs are, are, are not that not that much. So I'll get the regular. But if I really want to go all out or have very specific needs, I'll get the Pro. Other than the uh, Instagram influencer that Mark mentions here, I can't imagine a whole lot of what a Pro phone would, would really mean. But at the very least, it's sensible for me. Here's the basic model. And then if you want the, you know, the full meal deal, you get this better phone, the pro phone. So it, it kind of makes sense from that perspective, even if the name is a little a little silly. Right. So I just pasted in the uh, the written our version of this of the audio. You can scan through that. Yeah, I'm going I'm to read out what he said here. Last year, though, with the thousand dollar iPhone XS poised to become the new normal, Apple tried undercutting it again. This time, with just as colorful but differently compromised iPhone XR. Okay, and, and I see what he's saying. So the first set was three years, but then it but then they moved to a four year after that that's what he was saying okay yeah yeah i forgot there was a 4s how funny that was uh that was my first iphone and i remember getting into the whole controversy stuff or, or, or getting uh, uh sort of baptized in, in apple controversy because everybody was expecting it to be the iphone 5 mm. right and 4s was like wait what what do you mean it's yeah. not the 5 but which, they did which that led the 3GS to 3gs two years before i was fairly new to the, yeah. the apple uh-huh. 
mean, he said, I didn't really have a, a clue, like, why everybody was so, was so concerned about certain it. Yeah. that it had to be the five. And then it just set up for another year where the iPhone five was like, oh, my God, it's not the fifth phone. How could it be the iPhone five? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. By the way, I found, I found the, the part I was talking about here where, where I got his expression incorrectly. But he was saying that people feel people like to feel that things fit their budget, not that they're fitting in the budget things. Right. Um, that they're getting stuff for less, not that they're getting less stuff. Yeah. Right? He said that it's a nuance that matters, right? Like getting an iPhone, a Note 10 feels better than getting a Note 10e, but not yeah. a the 10, whatever their, their their plus is, right? Yeah. Right. So Jaime, so the controversy I think was, now that I think back, was the first one was just the iPhone. The second one was the 3G. So, what? but that wasn't the third one. It was, that was the second one. So the next year they had the 3GS and people were thinking, oh, that's just a, a temporary thing to get the numbers in line with the model of the phone. So the next one was the four. That was actually the fourth one. So it would have made sense if they had chosen to go in that direction to have the next year's one be five because it was fifth one. But they went the other way and made it the 4S. Yeah, so last year we were, we were in an S year again because of the 10S, right? Yes, last year was was, was an S year. Yeah. It can definitely cause some nuttiness. I think we've we've mentioned on the show before that uh, the Xbox line of gaming consoles, <laughs> the numbering makes no sense and it's purely so they could get their number to line up with yeah. Sony's, right? So their oh, Xbox really? was competing against the PlayStation 2. The PlayStation 3 came out and said, well, we can't be Xbox 2 because people are going to think it's not as good as, as that one. So right. let's call right. it 360. Yeah, 360. How about that? Xbox yeah. 360. And then they made it more confusing with making the successor Xbox One, which makes no sense because it confuses you as to like, do you mean the first Xbox or do you mean this new one? Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. And and it coming back to what we'd said earlier about Android 10 or Android X, I'm surprised that it's not Android 13, just skipping numbers as long as they're going numbers anyways to try to make it seem like it's the equivalent of iOS 13. So so one question is, assuming that the next phone is the iPhone 11, uh, will it be written mm-hmm. as the numeral 11 or will it be written as XI? Mm. And, like Super Bowl style? Yeah. Well, continuing after the you know, the Roman numeral for 10, which is an X. And if they do that, they can also call will, it. They, will people call it the iPhone XI or will they call it the 11 finally? Right, right. People still call it the X, by the way. I know they did. That's um, why, not, why not just call it the iPhone Q? Again, right. again you know, there's a a letter freely available to everybody, right? Yeah, yeah. And it won't confuse people yeah. at all, except for our QA people. I, whatever ends up coming with this, I do think that if it was me, like, even if they're going to do this name thing, the, the thing that's really going to help people feel better about this phone, uh, I mean, yes, you presumably will be able to tell it apart from an iPhone X or XS because of the larger camera. square camera thing on the back. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that's good enough, right? If you if you want to tap into the, will people feel this is worth upgrading to, as silly as it sounds, fashion is a huge reason. So just like they suffered with the uh, iPhone 6, 6S, and seven, where it's like, this is basically the same phone in three different generations. Um, and, and the eight really eight, yeah. would fall into that too, except it gets lost in the shuffle because the iPhone 10 came out the same year, mm-hmm. right? right. Um, yeah. As silly as it sounds, literally just coming up with a different color, introducing a new color, even if it's only on the Pro. It's like, guess what? You want purple? It's the iPhone 11 Pro. Get that one. <laughs> and people be like, oh my gosh, this is such amazing thing. The, the Verge and all these other ones be like, oh, it's so innovative. I'm like, no, it's not. It's the same thing you would be crushing 
if it didn't come in a new color. Right, but right. but you, you go do you, but like just throw these you know, uh, meaningless differences to the masses and it, it covers up sometimes. I, I think it's a valid strategy that they should use. Mm-hmm. I think look how many people got excited about the rose gold when that was a brand new color. Right, right. Well, yeah, and also there's another feature that I rumored. I don't know if you guys heard about this, but the, the reverse inductive charging. So you can charge your AirPods on the back mm-hmm. of the phone. That's right. What was I going to say? Aren't they talking about some frosted color schemes or something like that? I hadn't heard of that, but would that match up with the titanium and ceramic? Maybe it would. Sort of coloring? Oh, maybe the titanium (laughs) phone. Oh, maybe, yeah. Mm -hmm. Titanium phone. Maybe maybe you'll have a retro look like the old titanium Max, Mm. right? And fit in with your titanium Apple card. Yeah. Also shouldn't put it in In a a leather wallet. (laughs) Denim. (laughs) Maybe you'll have a little titanium pouch for your titanium card on the back, right? And your your Presto pouch. Your bus pass. So actually, what might be an interesting product is to make it a iPhone case that has a little slot for your Apple Card. Yeah, well, this is this is the thing that we have. Like here, we have a transit card that you, you swipe to get on and off the, the transit system, mm-hmm. right? And people have a little pouch that they glue on the back of their case mm. so they can slap it around, mm. right? But can you imagine if they came up with this device that you could put on your desk and you could put your phone and your earbuds down on it and you could charge your devices with it? Yeah, but you know, apparently that would be that would be really technical. Tech- technologically a challenge so you know it's impossible <laughs> yeah, that's true yeah. that's true you know if apple was to do a um a wallet case like like the kind that tim is talking about i think mm-hmm. it would probably have some sort of cantilevering mechanism inside so it doesn't just you know slide out the card it sort of like you know magic tricks it Chink, just has it just like pop right out for you to reach what I mean, like like when you eject a CD from a, a CD player in the mm. card slot, mm. if you can imagine what that's like, or when you get, um, I don't know, if you're going like at the subway or something and the little card ticket sort of slides up the other side. Or you just swipe your finger on the back of the, the case and it slides out, you know, using a gesture recognizer. <laughs> that, would, that would be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's what they'll do with all those 3D touch panels. They'll just put them on the back. Yeah. Just repurpose them all. All right. All right. I guess we're at, a, at the pick section of our show if we're done beating up the iPhone. <laughs> yeah. Coming right up to September 10th aren't we it's coming soon yeah it's coming soon yeah coming soon to a video a youtube video near you um yeah so i just uh, have a couple quick picks here for my pick uh one is uh something i've been kind of interesting with interested in and i started playing around with it uh, a few times on my on my uh devices is this new voice control because because i've got ios 13 installed on my on my iphone i can actually uh turn on voice control i have I'm, i have it on the accessibility uh, menu so i can i can triple click my uh my uh, side button and uh invoke menu that I can select it and then I can speak to my phone about you know show the grid and I can say you know you know click on tap on grid three and, and do that all that kind of stuff but um, what Christina uh, IO here has uh, or Christina Fox uh, has a um, an article here about um, adopting um, voice control uh, in your apps I think right so she talk, goes through here how to turn things on and stuff like that but how to use accessibility labels essentially you get it out of the box for free uh, if you properly use accessibility labels in your in your app you can uh, you can have people speak uh, commands to your app but uh, she also gives a tip here on shortening the names that come uh, by default uh, to something more reasonable in terms of like uh, you know uh, like she's got an example here like a, like a transaction list uh, of purchases
purchases from stores and things like that and shortening the name down to the point where you could say, you know, something like Starbucks or Nordstrom and, or Profile and Select and uh, and have it uh, inter, um, invoke that command. Um, interesting article, quick little read. doesn't take long to read through it. Um, but yeah, I stumbled across that on Twitter the other day and, and which had a little animated GIF of, of uh, using the voice control stuff and it, I thought it was pretty cool so people could have a look at uh, this thing. And I think in iOS 13 there's a new thing called Accessibility User Input Labels, which is designed specifically for this. Okay, I see. So I was not getting it at first because I was confusing yeah. voiceover and voice yeah. control. So oh, yeah. voiceover is is the older thing where um, presumably if you're uh, visually impaired, you can have it you know, use that to navigate. So it reads out what are the elements and you're still you know tapping or sliding and doing other gestures to, to select and, and actually manipulate elements. It looks like that was what they had for their app. But when you use voice control, which is the one where you're you're looking so not visually impaired you're looking i guess tactically impaired you can see the phone but you're not necessarily able to maneuver your hands um, very well the unfortunate thing is the very wordy like transaction the home depot of negative 39 dollars 89 cents from might be good for a voice over user in terms of being descriptive because they can't see it but for somebody who wants to use a voice control they can't activate that thing unless they literally say transaction the home depot of negative 39. $89 from. So this is an alternative that can ever just say Starbucks or Nordstrom. And then since the person can see, oh, Starbucks, the second one, number two, and it shows little little numbers. I see. Okay. That's that's actually pretty cool. I, I completely misunderstood what this was about when I saw the title. Yeah, it's kind of fun. I actually have a relative who who uh, is going to be in a position where she's not going to be able to um, you know physically touch the phone in, in a number of years, um, or her, fo- her Mac for that matter. And to be able to say to the screen like basically you say show grid and what it does is it puts a grid on your screen of like nine or twelve boxes and then you can tell it to focus in or zoom in on on you know grid number three kind of like in in uh, blade runner where where he's he's uh, scanning the photo and he's telling the computer to zoom in and zoom out on the picture um it's sim- that same so, same sort of idea they did demonstrate this at wwdc where you can you can basically say you know uh you can basically get to the point where you're 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 looking or you've you've got your screen focused on a button and you can say tap the button and you know that kind of thing so um it's, it's actually quite cool I've, I've like i said i've played with it a few times when i just you know um needed to do that you know like, even if you're in working in an environment where you like maybe you're a mechanic and your hands are all covered with oil and you can't you know you can't flip the page on your or your ipad as you're looking at the the manual to fix the car or whatever right so you could use voice over in that kind of situation or for well. cookbooks where you don't want if you're cooking you don't want to touch the exactly exactly yeah touch yeah. The phone. yeah yeah or unless you're like a blade runner and you're examining photo when you want to zoom in on a particular area mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. Nice. That's kind of a kind of a cool tool. Uh, my next pick here is again from our friends over at NS Hipster, uh, just a, a, a piece about the identifiable protocol, which has been added uh, recently. And it's similar to, um, oh, interesting there. I set my uh, my Mac here, by the way, to automatically switch to dark mode at night. Um, and it's, uh, the uh, NS Hipster website obviously has uh, got recognizers in it to know that I'm running dark mode, which is cool. Anyway, um, yeah, so Swift 5.1 added identifiable protocol similar to um, it's similar to equatable in a sense but it's more about you know when you want to have uh, uh, an element or a property that you can you can refer to by say an ID for instance right um, it's a way of building in that kind of uh, logic into your thing it's currently I, I, I don't know if it has a whole lot of functionality with it right now because he says in the article here like why bother uh, conforming to identifiable but um, I'm sure Greg would be able to tell me exactly why it was uh, important but 
because he loves to play around in the standard library and figure all this stuff out. Um, but he's not here, so I have to rely on you guys. But <laughs> um, yeah, it's just an interesting, interesting read here on on uh, again identifiable hashable. Yeah, it's it, it's a useful thing. Uh, again, it's 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 something that's it's really added as kind of just a convenience thing because you could always do it yourself. I mean, you could always just assign some unique property to every object and use that as the identifier for the object. In fact, people do that all the time, uh, especially with stuff like you know when, when you're accessing a database, uh, you always have like a primary key, which is the identifier, uh, and mm-hmm. and that is independent from the content that's held by that thing. And so that's kind right. of one of his main points is that identif- identifiability is different than equality because often, or sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't. That's kind of another of his points is sometimes you want to know whether for all intents and purposes, does this object, is it is this object equal to this other object? And by a talk, for all intents and purposes, I mean, do they have all the same values? So they could be, they could be in theory, they could be swapped one for the other uh, and, and, and you'd be fine. But sometimes you don't want that. Sometimes you want the object to have a unique ide- identity, unique existence. Uh, and maybe that's because the, some of the properties might be changing over time, like in his example of the, of the location of the package. Uh, but you still want to know about that particular object. And so, so checking if, so two objects in that case, two packages, let's say. So two, two packages, they each contain a, uh, a brand spanking new, uh, Apple card, titanium Apple card. Uh, well, they look exactly identical. They weigh the same. They're the same color package. All the properties, forgetting for the moment about the name printed on the card inside, let's talk about that. But for all intents and purposes, they, they would, if, if they, they would be equatable, they would, they would be equal because all of their properties are the same, but they are actually different because one belongs to Jaime and one belongs to me. So you'd have that unique identifier that, uh, that, was, that prevents that. Yeah, that's a good example because I, I know that for a fact that when, 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 when Macs ship from China, for instance, they don't ship, like they don't put your Mac on a plane and fly it over here. They put your your Mac onto, or the Mac you ordered onto a skid with 20 or 30 other Macs right. uh, with a whole bunch of skids, which get put, all of them get put onto a plane and, and sent over to Texas or whatever, and then they're split out and then they go on their various routes until finally they end up for me in Mississauga where the you know, courier picks it up and puts it on his truck and brings it to my house. But, you know, for a while there, it's it's one of many identical, uh, you know, like as you said, uh, equatable um, objects that are that exist in this one one delivery, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's another handy little uh, handy little convenience, like I said, to have uh, something for people to consider. I, I like the fact that um, identifiable, identifiable gives you the semantics of what's happening here. So a, a common programming problem you end up with in where you have like object references is what am I comparing here? Am I comparing that, you know, because the equals or equals, you know, it, it, an equals sign, right? equality just means like they have the same value. It doesn't mean that they're necessarily the same thing, right? Five absolutely is not the same as two plus three. It's equal, but I mean, even in a silly example, one one is just a singular number and one is, uh, you know, two numbers added together. In, in programming, I've definitely been bitten by like, okay, what are we looking for here? Are we looking for, do these things have equal values regardless of them being, you know, completely separate things? Or are we looking to check to see, is this the same thing? So like, is this the same object reference is uh, a really sort of subtle and important bug to be aware of. And I, I like the fact that identifiable tries to tease that apart a little 
little bit and say, I'm actually trying to see if this is the same literal thing, not does this have the same values that uh, Equatable gives you. It, it, it sounds weird, but I think if you think about it, at least for me, it makes it easier to think of it in the mathematics form to see, you know, what are we talking about when we say this? Um, makes it a little bit easier to tease apart the differences. Cool. All right. So you have a pick, uh, honey? I do. It's a Twitter storm, a tweet storm from uh, Sean Heber, who uh, creates Twitter Twitterific. And it's all about him trying to chase down these uh, sporadic or seemingly sporadic core data crash reports. And it's a, it's a pretty good little read. And it, it turns out that he said, huh, I found this weird determination reason. Um, let me go Google what this is. Because normally he thought, oh, well, you know, if, if it's crashing in core data, like you're not going to get a termination reason, which is that's just not what you're going to get, right? It's like, obviously the reason was it crashed. There's, there's no sort of reason stated there, but he found some that you know, did have reasons. And he said, oh, what is this? And after chasing things down on the interwebs, he realized that what was happening was that his app was getting closed while it was doing some sort of work. In this case, uh, a network download, and then trying to process things into core data. And it just ran out of time to finish what it was doing. And iOS, you know, just full on killed his app. And it, it appeared as if it was going wrong in core data. And as it turns out, it was actually his incorrectly placed task markers. So the background task was being marked as done before it was actually truly done. Um, and so he spent some time uh, reworking this. And he, I think sort of the nail on the head is this very final tweet that says, so there you have it. Another exciting tale of me doing things wrong for years. Remember, kids, <laughs> I'm a professional. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> so I feel I feel a little better running into some of my bugs that have been living out there if uh, somebody for such a well-known and well-loved app like Twitterific can also have very similar, very human kind of problems. So I guess that's it for another week. Jaime, if people want to get in touch with you, how would they do that? I'm on Twitter as at Dev of the Hair. All right, Mark, if people want to get in touch with you. Mark R at Snapsoft.com. Right. As I say every week, my name is Tim Mitra, T-I-M-M-I-T-R-A, and on the Twitter machine is where you'll find me. And so until next time, we'll say bye-bye. Bye. 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 If you want to find out more about the podcast or see the episode show notes, visit the More Than Just Code website at mtjc.fm. You can get in touch with us on the website or follow us on Twitter at mtjc underscore podcast. If you have feedback or questions, send us a tweet with the hashtag AskMTJC. If you like the show, please consider recommending us to a friend, writing a review on iTunes, or pledging any amount at patreon.com slash mtjc. You can find details on how to help us out on our website at mtjc.fm slash sponsor us. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.
Yeah, it's funny. I had a. I was also wrestling with Xcode this week too. Once I got this machine going, um, I, I don't know what it was, but uh, I couldn't get uh, for some reason. Like I, I wasn't the first account created on this machine. It's actually uh, Carol's, right? But so I, my account is a second account, and um, for some reason, when I was trying to run Xcode on it, uh, I couldn't do a build for for a while, and, and it turned out that I didn't have permission to get it, the right to the derived data folder because even though it was my account and it had been restored from a backup. Um, the permissions on the account were that it was owned by by Carol's account. Mm. So I had to go in and dig in and and uh, and find that. And then um, actually, I, I, I made a post on my website. I don't know if you guys saw it, um, or if you saw it, Jaime. I did not. So let me get. So I, I figured I figured that out. Got the derived data thing figured out, and then I ran into the next problem. I ran into. Let me just fold. Then I couldn't get the simulators. I couldn't. I couldn't even launch a simulator. So I just tried. Okay, let me try launching the simulator. Maybe it's trying to find the wrong one or something like that. Like I've been running uh, Xcode uh, 11 beta on here for a while, right? Um, but this is running Xcode 10.2.1, and so I had to. I found it that I had to. I didn't own the uh, the devi- devices folder inside of the you know the core simulator uh, directory. So I had to change that. The error I was getting there was that temp couldn't be removed because you don't have permission to access it, right? The TMP folder. Um, I guess every time it does a build to the same simulator it it you know empties out the temporary directories and all that kind of stuff right but it, but because they were owned by Carol's user they wouldn't let that happen but the ultimate one that, that really got me was this command compile asset catalog failed with a non-zero exit code mm. which is a really cool one but um and you know googling around I found that you know other people had had this 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 situation but nobody had a real uh good solution for it and it turned out the same to be the same thing it was again I didn't have the the uh, Xcode directory inside of my you know library slash developer slash Xcode. I didn't own that either, right? So I had to had to change the permissions on that one. And then once I did that, it, I was able to build and run. But so I've got I've got to the point where I actually can can do a build. But it was very strange because like you know you're you're opening up an existing project that runs on an, on another machine. You know you've pulled it down from GitHub. You've updated all your CocoaPods, and you, it should just work, right? And uh, yeah, to have all this this weirdness happen all of a sudden, which is uh, just kind of weird, right? So and I'm running. I'm running, still running an Xcode. Xcode. Uh, uh, so I, I don't know. I mean, I would have thought when you, when you bring Xcode over and it does its install thing, it would set up the directories correctly, right? But uh, for some reason, they were owned by the wrong user. So weird, eh? Yeah, that is something a little weirdly unexpected. And I wonder if it'll be easier or worse with the newer sorts of setups that they're going with. Of yeah, this region is for the system and it's not touchable, and this area is for users, and that's you know do whatever. Well, yeah, you want. that could be that could be part of it too. Because like again. This is this machine is running. I'm running um, Catalina on this machine, and you're right. I have the the, the uh, read-only directory for a read-only partition for the OS, and then I have the other partition for, for the software. And maybe 10 Xcode 10, even 10.2.1, isn't quite compatible with with uh, with the machine because because the problem I was talking about earlier with the Logic Pro um, is also was also permission based. I didn't have I didn't have permission to, to even open a file. Let's say right. Um, and yeah, and, and there was no it's, and because I couldn't open a file. I couldn't even open X. Logic Pro wouldn't even fully launch, right? So yeah, similar, similar kind. Of, and another problem I'm having too is, and and apparently it's a bug in in Xcode 10 that hasn't been fixed yet. And it's that every every once in a while I'll, I'll work for a while and then I'll go to do a commit and I'll I want to do you know you know when you bring up the commit in Xcode and it shows you the comparison between the old version and the new version so you can see what you changed. Uh, it won't load the the right hand side to show you what the old version looked like, and it says you know that um, something like the helper application 
solution isn't available. And the only solution for me there is to quit Xcode and relaunch it. And once I do that, then it, then I can I can do the commit. It's very strange. So I've been using Source Tree to commit stuff as well, but uh, you guys haven't run across any weirdness like that with Xcode, right? Well, I had a different weird thing with Xcode today on two different machines, uh, mm-hmm. both running Xcode 10. Uh, all of a sudden, at the same time, within minutes of each other, they they wouldn't recognize a phone plugged in. Yeah, oh, really. And you you know you'd plug in, unplug, and you'd get the beep, and but Xcode would say no no phones yeah. plugged in. If you opened iTunes, it would recognize it there, but just not in Xcode. Yeah. And in both cases, just yeah. quitting Xcode and relaunching it fixed it. But it was weird that this happened on two machines at exactly the same time. Yes. Yeah, so two different users, two different phones, yep. kind of thing. Yeah. Yep. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Well, I do know that with with phones, um, they do call Apple, like they do contact yeah. Apple. So maybe there's some sort of weirdness going yeah, on. Yeah. Knows. But I, I've I, I've had a lot of problems with with um, like I've been trying to use that new uh, over the network thing when I build to my mm-hmm. devices, mm-hmm. and off, very often I find I have to plug the phone in and then trust it for some reason. It's always wanting to trust. I don't. <laughs> that's part it gets me is I, I all this sort of you know two factor authentication and and trusting here and trust this device don't trust that device doesn't matter how many times i hit trust on a device it doesn't really trust it you know mm, like it, the next yeah. time next time i go to plug it in or it whatever it thinks you're not a very trustworthy <laughs> guy tim i guess and it's all these <laughs> all this you know weird canadian stuff we're yeah, doing right yeah. all this you know questionable uh practice right so yeah, yeah i don't know yeah. just trials and tribulations right so yeah and uh, i've never i've never actually been foolish enough to put beta on my phone but yeah i'm, I'm totally regretting it on this this one you yeah. know the sad part about it is like i you know i've always read that you've been able to go back like I, I should have been able to wipe my phone and go back to um, iOS 12, but yeah, I can't. Every time I wipe, every time I wipe one of one of the devices I've upgraded, it wants to stick with uh, with uh, iOS 13 or Catalina and that kind yeah. of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. So fortunately, I had a spare USB stick here with me, so I could I could make an installer for because I, once I downloaded um, Mojave earlier, I was talking about earlier, um, I couldn't run it because it's not compatible with Catalina, right? Um, so even though I was going to install it on a, on a new partition that I'd made, right? Um, yeah, I couldn't couldn't run the app, so I, I made a USB bootable USB from the installer, and then was able to boot from the USB and then stick it onto the new partition. Mm-hmm. Right? So lots of lots of challenges. Yeah, it's amazing that I'm still dealing with Unix kind of problems on on Mac after all these many years, right? <laughs> well, it is a Unix machine underneath the covers, sure. still at the bases. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so. so what else is happening with you guys? So I saw Government Mule last night. Government, government Mule, it's a band. band. You don't know Government Mule, Tim? Oh, yeah. No, I don't know. The oh, government. oh, yeah, they're. Uh, uh, kind of a spin-off from the Allman Brothers in some sense. Oh, yeah. really? Okay. Yeah, it's Warren Haynes, who is the guitarist uh, sort of in the last last phase of Allman Brothers before they finally act it in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, yeah, it's really good. I mean, he's you know, he's a, an amazing guitarist, uh, and they do a pretty wide variety of stuff. I mean, it's basically Southern Blues style, but, but there's yeah. a lot of jazz and a lot of um, just other influences all mixed in. Um, the mm-hmm. bass player, you know, often sounds like a heavy metal bass player who with, with the guitar playing the southern blues over it it's a it, but it works it, it works really well actually mm-hmm. yeah they're, they're good i recommend seeing them take them around interesting i'm gonna go see the who on uh tuesday mm-hmm. coming up mm-hmm. yeah that was the concert that got canceled because the raptors went on their way uh, of okay. care right okay. so, yeah oh so, yeah that's the uh, i i actually i actually had two tickets and and then uh, my son was gonna go with me jonathan's on his his uh bucket list too but uh yeah he's uh got he can't get away mm. so um i sold my ticket and bought a better ticket nice <laughs> sold the two pair the pair uh, i had and bought yep. a better one mm-hmm. yeah so yeah so i get the get the who off my bucket list mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. so yeah but i'm not too thrilled about the fact that they bring in an orchestra with them i find that whenever bands bring orchestras with them it kind of dulls down the show i don't know i guess they they need to do it to keep fresh and things like that yeah, i guess i find that like you know whenever you have
have local unionized uh, orchestras, they, the shows get shorter, you know, because they, they have to put the mm. cellos to bed at a certain time, mm. I guess. Yeah. And maybe they get paid by the hour. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what it is, but uh, like we have all the, uh, you probably have the same thing in the States, like, you know, concerts have to end by 11, otherwise the band has to pay like a zillion dollars yeah, extra. depends on the venue. Well, then you also hear about people like Bruce Springsteen who will just play for like forever and just pay pay whatever they want, right? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah so that's, that's just to get them off the bucket list. I'm trying to think of who I went and saw recently. What did I do the other day that was, uh, hmm, can't remember. Something something happened. Well, I jumped on a plane and flew to New Brunswick. Maybe that's what I'm thinking about. Well, this this week's adventure for me is going to the UK actually tomorrow morning. So I need, oh, a, yeah. need oh, to go pack. Right. Cool. But uh, yeah, so I'll be out on, what is this, the 4th next week. But we're going to miss you next week? Yeah, because they're, well, they're like eight hours from, oh, right. yeah, yeah. from Pacific. So they're like five hours from Eastern. So I'm not sure. It would have to be like really late for me, I think. I don't think it's, I don't think it would be early for me. But yeah, it's, it's the it's the university's um, Wi-Fi, which uh, I guess it was okay. It was okay over at um, University of Chester, but I don't know about this uh, Aberystwyth University. So I don't know. Universities usually have good good Wi-Fi, I think. Yeah, I, I think I think I looked out the last time because there were no students around because it was some sort of break for them. I don't know if this is during like right before they start, maybe. Um, yeah, I think I think universities start a week after schools, right? So like like primary yeah. schools, you mean when you say that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think aren't your schools going back? to school like aren't primaries going back to school after, after uh, labor day typically labor yeah. Day? Yeah. Yeah. yeah i think so i think so yeah i don't know i'm, I'm not a kid and i don't have kids so <laughs> yeah well <laughs> these seasons yeah, come and go i'm like are, oh <laughs> i remember when i used to know they are, but i think that uh, i think that they um uh, i think universities always have to start a week later uh, as i recall so mm-hmm. interesting Hello, have you heard about the biggest mobile conference in Russia, Mobius? Oh, Mobius. Mobius. Yes, yes, yes. Mobius Comp, right? Uh, I would like you to invite you to submit a talk. We'll be on 7th, 8th of December in Moscow. Some of your country, if someone in your country company is interested, travel and accommodation are included. A big city tour for speakers, dinner beforehand. I'd be happy to answer any questions you may have. Thanks. I mean, technically, More Than Just Code is published by IT Guy Technology, so right. it fall, you fall under that umbrella. <laughs> Let's see. And Mark, you know. I mean, why? I, I assume he was looking for MTJC and not uh, one of us in particular. I didn't hear my name called out there. Well, no, because I, I, I for a while there, I was I republishing the podcast under IT Guy Technology. That's how they would, would have found it, associated us. Don't don't discredit yourself. Right? <laughs> uh, what are we looking at their You're topics? you busy that day? <laughs> yeah, looking at their sorry. topics to see yeah, uh, declarative UI, I suppose. You'd just be one of the, the folks talking about Swift UI. Plenty of time there. It's not until yep. I'm looking at their website. December seventh to eighth, the Renaissance Moscow Monarch Center. It's MobiusConf CFP, right? MobiusConf.com and en slash en slash CFP. Or if you go to the the main MobiusConf.com slash en. Yeah, I got I got. Hello, you'll get the, you? the link. We're interested in talks on a related topic. Oh, apparently they have a GDPR warning. I keep wondering if I should have those on my site or not. Uh... I mean, you have the the Canadian one, right, for the the mailing list thing, don't you? I thought you had the the little Canadian uh, yeah, pop up well, thingy for that, yeah. They took that out of um, um, Mailchimp. They, they used to have a double opt in thing because we had that requirement in Canada, and uh, they took it out. And now I'm getting all kinds of spam entries into the mailing list, which is great. Just love it. Did they throw it behind a pro account or something? Sorry, no, no, no. No, they just it's it, people are putting people are posting up you know penis URLs and stuff like that or porn URLs. They just put garbage in there, right? But 
but that's because you don't have the the double opt-in. Yeah, well, so I mean, they still have to. There is, I think, the single opt-in is still works on on. They're not getting added as the actual users into the mailing list because they have to they have to respond to it, right? They have to verify their email address. But yeah, I mean, people are just still out there just spamming, you know, data to see if somebody will uh, read it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I've done my duty. I told you about the conference. <laughs> I guess I can go now. All right. All righty, folks. Have a good vacation, Jim. Midnight here, but it's 11 o'clock in Toronto. Oh, you're four mm-hmm. hours ahead. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm in Atlantic. Yeah, that's right. That's right. 12, 16 right yeah. now. It's so far in the middle. Like, Atlantic time, you made that up. Yeah. There's no Atlantic yeah. time. It ends at Pacific. Sorry, at Eastern, Eastern time. time. There's just ocean east of East Coast. Yeah. How is it? Really? <laughs> yeah. I could make a flat Earth joke right about now, but I can't think of yeah. one. I'm close to the edge. How about that? Yeah. All right. Close to Greenland. Which which is going to be the 51st state pretty soon. I thought we were the 51st right, second state. Oh, Greenland is, is uh, Trump going to buy well, it? He wants to really. That guy is so yeah. dumb. Yeah. So dumb. <laughs> he's going to win. You watch that, yeah. but true. It's repeating again. I mean, just the, the, the queen is in on a no deal Brexit. She, she full on has the power to avoid this and said, you know what? Yes. Why, why don't we suspend parliament for an inconvenient amount of time? So wait, no deal Brexit means Brexit isn't going to go through. Or I think they, they Brexit, but then they have like nothing set up for, what are the rules for um, trade no. and yeah, it's passports the and worst all sorts of things? Possible thing. It's just chaos. Pull the plug. Let's see what happens. Yeah, I, I, well, I heard that uh, that uh, Northern Ireland is, is it Northern Ireland? Uh, one of the Irelands is going to be really upset by Brexit because they want they want it to stay in. Yeah. And, well, uh, so, so they're, they're right, the Republic of Ireland is staying in. So Northern yeah. Ireland, which is part of Great Britain, uh, would pull out. So pretty much all of Great Britain, except for England, wants to stay in. But England has the most people, so they majority yeah. rules. You know how that. Yeah. Works, right? So, but I mean, it's it's certainly possible that uh, that Scotland and Northern Ireland could could secede from Great Britain. It'd be a weird yeah. thing because it's been around. Well, it's been like that for a long time, but it's possible. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.